Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Speck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. This is... I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. I hope you're having an amazing day. This is October 8th. 2023 it'll be put out in a couple of weeks you're probably listening this podcast is about sort of the struggle i'm going through with um, livestock beekeeping wanting to respect it understand it learn more about it but also really worried about it and it came from my watching a podcast and, and this guy's a genius he's a expert beekeeper in winnipeg if you're a beekeeper you know who i'm talking about or somewhere in manitoba and it's um it's a video he's got up where he starts with an oxalic acid treatment with some new technology and then follows up with um, apivar strips for mites after that. Basically, and, and also sugar uh, buckets. Uh, and I think there might be some pollen in there too, some fake pollen, but I'm not sure. So it's just, I, I, I make myself watch it because it's getting harder and harder to watch, but I do it. Because I need to understand that industry. And I'm trying to create a climate with servant beekeeping where we accept and listen and are open-minded and not judgmental and all of those kinds of things. Because I think we all have a little piece to add when we try to understand honeybees. But I just, when I see the oxalic acid, and by the way, I did Formic Pro. I used that initially because I was told that I had to treat for mites. And then I did... I tried uh, thymol. Uh, I also, the last thing we used was the um, beer hops concentration that I talk about, where it was a sort of a brown, blacky, smelly goop that you put in. And I know I killed three queens doing that because I put, it's like a liquid that you sort of put in and it, uh, the uh, strips have a lot of liquid on them. And I'm quite sure that they dripped down and killed the queen because right after that, the queens died. No, uh, the hives basically died, not because of the um, material probably, but because of how it uh, affected the queen when, when it dripped on her. So even when you you use, and I put in quotation marks, organic materials at high concentrations, you're introducing into the hive non-normal uh, sort of things. Now I contrast the video that I saw with the oxalic acid, the apivar strips, I, I heard some ridiculous idea of vaccinating bees, my God, um, other crazy stuff, which I'm sure will help the livestock bee industry, whatever that world is. But I think about what we know about genetics and how bees can learn to and have in nature, learn to cope with any disease thrown at them, pretty much. Uh, but they haven't learned, obviously, to deal with man. We're the ones who keep throwing things at them. So I guess what I'm struggling about is trying to understand how we can, you know, if you're a servant beekeeper or uh, some people talk about. And by the way, um, treatment-free beekeeping has similar problems to livestock beekeeping in that if, they, if you don't buy into 100% of what they're saying, you're a bad person and you're outed. Uh, that happened to me when I asked a question about infrared light. And the person who moderates the 
treatment-free beekeeping site obviously hasn't read anything lately because the question came back as far as we're not going to post this because it's not peer-reviewed literature and blah 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 and I said well look here's all the here's the science behind it it works it's been done in a laboratory yeah no one's done it in the field but this is a place where you're supposed to share ideas and be creative and of course I was basically shut down and all kinds of crazy stuff and then on the other side on the treatment or livestock beekeeping side of course if you even discuss um, you know helping the bees develop their own tolerance to mites and other disease you're considered to be a horrible person they're going to be mite bombs in your farm or wherever um, it's just a crazy sort of closed-minded way to look at beekeeping and it's the same on the treatment free side if you don't think exactly well let me let me put it out there to you folks bees don't think exactly like you think as a human they do their thing and with servant beekeeping we're just trying to understand it so the purpose of this podcast is to say to you I struggle with it but I continue to listen to both sides when I'm allowed to <laughs> it's not considered a problem to ask a question and where have we gone in the world where it's a problem to ask and that's why you know I've been approached by some beekeepers actually in person saying, you know, they almost whisper. They'll say, you know, I really like some of the ideas, but I don't want to talk about them online because I'm afraid there'll be a backlash from other people. So let's think about that for a minute. You know, science and evolution ideas, evolutionary ideas I'm talking about, not evolution itself, creativity, entrepreneurship requires you to ask questions that no one else will ask we're outsiders guess what those of us who are entrepreneurs and I'm one at 67 I continue to develop new ideas new businesses had a meeting just yesterday about a new startup I might be involved with it's about asking those questions that nobody wants to ask I'll give you a quick example when I was um, talking to someone about a year ago about interest rates they said well, and I know this is business but I just want to this is about open-mindedness they said well you know interest rates are never going to go up and but I said well I think you know I was around in the 90s when they went up and all I'm trying to be is open-minded here and the same thing happened when we talk about Cuba um, I sent the Cuba I think I've talked about this but it still sort of bothers me I sent the Cuba data to um, one of the local what I call B police here in Nova Scotia who really dismissed it by saying well they're they're like an island and the climate's different and well obviously you haven't read Seeley's work in the Arnett Forest in New York that has a similar population uh, sorry similar temperature and climate that we do in this part of the world and also parts of Nova Scotia and Nova Scotia is almost an island but the idea just to dismiss things outright to not be open-minded enough and you know the same thing happened when I indicated to the weed policeman the provincial weed policeman that we were having the farm droned and artificial intelligence would be used to help us better understand the species of plants that were living on the farm he dismissed it within a second saying droning doesn't work and I don't really care about droning now it doesn't matter if it's part of your job description or not how about you open your mind up for a second and say hey it's probably a crazy idea the chances are it's not going to work but let's let's talk about it let's have some fun 
and I guess it's this, I don't know if it's ego or what it is. It's this continual fight. And I'm trying to push back on my own sort of bias in this. And that's why I listen to the livestock guys. I try to listen to the treatment-free people when they'll let me. Um, and, and I have no, um, you know, as long as you're respectful, as long as you are um, providing ideas, I don't believe they should be censored. If you're disrespectful or confrontational, obviously that's not helpful and intimidates people. But you should be free to open up your mind to different ideas. The bees are doing what they do, and, and, and we haven't learned. You, you think of when mites came into North America uh, probably 30, 40 years ago, 30 or 40, probably longer, who knows. We haven't done anything but add more ways to do things to the bees that in the end, they just don't seem to be working. So that tells me that maybe we should just get our, put our heads together. Livestock beekeepers, treatment-free beekeepers, whatever's in the middle, all of it, servant beekeeping. But I think with servant beekeeping, what I'm trying to do is to say, let's be open to all different aspects of people who want to be around bees. Let's just go with that. Um, the other day, I was also struggling with the idea of urban beekeeping, where I was talking to someone and bees are actually on the rooftop of a hotel in downtown Toronto. And I'm thinking, how, wh where are they going to go to eat and what's it like? How hot does it get up there? Do we have to supplement them a lot with food, like sugar water? Like what? And, and I just, I wanted to learn more about that. But I don't think there's a specific sub-study group that deals with rooftop hotel beekeeping because I think it's very political and it's a business model and it sounds great but I'm not sure urban beekeeping is great for bees. I'm not sure it's great to put them on top of a hotel in downtown Toronto. I don't know but I'm just throwing that out there. So I guess what this is all about is saying a question and also an answer. I think the question is, how can we all learn from each other? And the answer is by being open to different ideas that don't fit with our own. And so I'm just telling you, I'm pushing the livestock side. I want to read about it, learn about it. When they start vaccinating bees, I want to learn about that too. Just don't make me do it because I won't be doing it. This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing week and I'll talk to you again next time. To learn more about how honeybees can help you in your investing and personal life, go to investlikeahoneybee.com. There you'll learn how listening to the honeybees helped us in so many ways and can help you. Investlikeahoneybee.com.